1 Corinthians chapter 7. And over the past few weeks, we have been in a series on marriage entitled Making Marriage Work. And um, one of the things of being in a church, when you're in a series on marriage, there's also a group of people within um, the service. And who are those group of people? Single people, all right? And, and, and I, I got to be honest, I don't remember if I was ever in a marriage series being single. I, I couldn't tell you that far back. Um, so I, I, I don't know what it's like to be single. And you're like trying to be faithful to come to church. And you're like, oh my gosh, another, oh, I don't want to talk. I'm single. What do I got to learn about marriage? And I'm sure some single people probably sit there and maybe, you know, okay, I'll try to learn a little bit and chunk it away for down the road for when I get married. But I wonder if maybe single people in the marriage series are sitting there going, dude, I've been in this thing for four, five, six weeks and I'm not learning anything. What can I learn to help me in the present time? Well, that's why I want to finish this series today and do a series for single people. All right. And and we've been talking about how to make marriage work today. I want to talk about making singleness work. And um, and and so for you married people, don't shut me down, because as married people, we need to hear this also, because maybe you've got some friends or family members who are single. And um, this is some great stuff that Paul tells us here in First Corinthians seven about being single. And so let's all, let's all kind of take notes and, and, and see what we can all pull away from this thing. So let me just ask God's blessing on his word um, as we start this off. Well, Father, we are so grateful for um, your word. We thank you that it is for all of us. And Lord, we've been in this marriage series, and I thank you for this chapter because it, it hits both married and single people. And uh, Lord, I thank you that you did not uh, just... Um, create a, 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 an institution called marriage and say, I'm not worried about the single people. Lord, I thank you that your word is for both married and single. And I pray for truth to ring in all of our hearts today. And uh, Father, I just pray your blessing on this word now. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let me begin before we dive into our points, but let me set up the context here. And so I, I would encourage you to open up your Bibles, read along with me. But let's start first with um, verse 1 of chapter 7. He says, Now concerning the matters about which you wrote, is it good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman? Okay, now, this isn't the only time in Corinthians where Paul's writing, Hey, concerning what you wrote me about. So we don't know what the, these people in this church wrote Paul about, because what we do know is, if you remember when I did my, our study through the book of um, 1 Corinthians, Paul was the first pastor of that church, all right? He, he went to Corinth, and he started it. He, got, he, he, he grew it. He built it up. He had people coming, and then he passed the baton to Apollos, and Apollos became the pastor of the church. Paul left, and but yet the people, you know, I, I kind of feel sorry for Apollos because they're like, let's write Paul. Paul knows what he's talking about, you know. And, and so they wrote Paul a letter and they were asking him some questions about some things. And apparently they had some questions about marriage and singleness and sexual relationships within the marriage. And Paul's addressing that in chapter 7. 
Now in chapter 7, he goes back and forth between talking to married people and addressing some things with them and talking to single people and addressing things to them. So he's going to go back and forth. I am not going to preach through the entire chapter 7. I'm just going to highlight the verses that Paul talks to single people about. All right. And so he begins chapter 7 in verses 2 through 5 talking to married people. And, and the idea of the sexual relationship between a husband and a wife. I would encourage you, husbands and wives, if you want to know Paul's view on the sexual relationship, go read that, all right? But when you get to verse 6, now he starts to dive into to, to talking to single people. He says, now as a concession, not a command, I say this, I wish that all, he's talking about everybody, were as I myself am. But each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and to the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. So here's the first thing. Write this down on your outline. The first thing about um, being single and making it work is this. Know that it's okay if you are single. If you're single, just know it's, it's okay. And the reason why I say that is because I, I, as Paul and I have talked about this, I kind of think that, that married people in the church, sometimes we, 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 we make an idol out of marriage. That, that we, we make this thing like the goal in life is to get married. All right? And, and we, we kind of set this thing up as, as if you're not married, something must be broken. You, you, must, you must not be doing something right. Or sometimes, well, God must be like upset at you or something because you've been single for so long. And, and what mar- I think what we do is we kind of come across to single people trying to push down to them, hey, you've got to be married. You, you, need to, you need to get, your, get, get this thing going. And, and, and sometimes what we even do is we'll even quote Genesis um, chapter 2, where we'll say, well, you know, God even said it's not good for a man to be alone. Well, the problem with quoting Genesis 2 is, is that people use that without understanding what the word alone literally means. You see, in the context, yes, Adam was by himself. And when he creates Eve, the marriage covenant, the marriage institution is developed. But when God says to, about Adam, he doesn't even say it to Adam. He says it about Adam. God's looking at Adam, and he's like, it's not good for him to be alone. In the Hebrew, that word alone means to be apart from. It means to, to, to live in solitude, to be isolated from. That's the context. It's not about marriage. It's about doing life Apart from everybody, you live on an island by yourself. And how many of you know um, you can be married and still be alone? Because there are married people in this church. You show up on Sunday, and sometimes you don't even talk to anybody on Sunday. You show up, you sit, you soak, you get it, you leave. And we don't see you again until the next Sunday. And you repeat the process. You have no connection with anybody in the church outside of Sunday morning. You're married, but you're alone. 
There are single people. They're not married, but they have all kinds of community. And they are involved in friendships and things. and They have community. They're not alone, you see. You see, this is why we stress the importance of small groups. Because we don't want you to be isolated. We don't want you just showing up on a Sunday, married or single, and living life on your own. That you are to be connected with other people. Especially the church. I mean, you got the corporate church, but the local church should be a second family to all of us. You have your immediate family, your wife, your kids, your mom or your dad, your whoever. But the church, this thing, should be an extension of a family. And that family shouldn't be just, well, I'm just kind of showing up now and then. But you are involved with other people. That's why, you know, if, you, if you're a young adult, that's why we have a young adult ministry. You know, that's why we try to have a, a, a group for men, group for women, mixed groups. That's why this summer, like I said, we're, we're going to have volleyball. Our Sunday night groups aren't going to meet, but you don't have to play volleyball. The idea is, is that Norm and Terry are opening up their house for community, for an opportunity for you to not be alone, but to connect and to be involved. That's what God was talking about in Genesis 2. Don't live life isolated. Being single has nothing to do with isolation unless you isolate yourself. He's talking about this idea that, that if we're doing life by ourselves, you are alone. But yet sometimes as married people, we can make we we kind of make single people feel like they're incomplete if they're not married. And that's so wrong. That's why Paul, I believe, is great, giving great encouragement to single people. In fact, when you, as we go through this, Paul is even actually setting it up, saying it's better to be single than married. It's, it's, it's a good thing. So, so Paul, even me saying that you're okay if you're single is inadequate. It's good if you're single. Because look how Paul writes it. In verse 8, he says, To the unmarried and to the widows, I say that it is what? It's good for them to remain single. He's like, it's good to remain single. And look what he says, as I am. Paul lived his entire life single. But yet we've got this idea sometimes that if someone is in their 50s and have never been married, well, something must be wrong with them. Why? How did we come with that conclusion? Paul, he lived Fairly old, single his entire life. Guess who else lived single their entire life? Jesus did. I don't know about you, but those are two of probably the most important people in the New Testament. And they both were single. So if you're single, you're in good company. You're in good company because Paul was single, Jesus was single. And you've got Paul who wrote most of the New Testament saying if you're single... It's a good thing. It's not just, oh, well, just manage. No, he's like, it's a good thing. He's like, because you're copying me and you're copying my Lord. So it's a good thing. But here's what we also need to see. Not only is it a good thing, but look at what he says in verse um, 6 again. He says, I wish that all whereas I myself am, 
But each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. Basically, he's saying if you're married, guess what it is? It's a gift. And if you're single, guess what it is? It's a gift. It's a gift from God. It's not something like, oh, you're married. That's a gift. Man, God's blessing you. But if you're single, well, you know, maybe I don't know. No, Paul's like, no, 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 no. If you're married, you're single, it's a gift. God's going to bless it. He wants to bless you. He's like, man, just, just whatever you're in, know it's a gift. Single people, it's a gift. Look at verse 17. It's even more just than a gift. But if you look at verse 17, he says, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. It's good, and it's a gift from God, but you know what a singleness is also? It's a calling. You need to just sit back and go, you know what? If I'm single, then God has me here for a reason. If you've been dating, and, the, and Paul, is not, Paul is not saying that you can't date. He's not saying that being married is bad. He's not saying pursuing, don't pursue that. He doesn't say that. In fact, there's a couple places, like in verse, um, verse um, 7, verse 7 or 8 there, he talks about the, it, remain single, but if you can't control your lust for each other, get married. He's like, it's okay. So he's not saying marriage is a wrong thing or the pursuit of it. But he's just saying, if you're single and you've, you've, you've tried to date, but it's just not working and, and, and you're just, he's like, you know what? God has you here for a reason. He has you in this lane for a purpose. Don't try to jump out of it. Don't be like, man, I'm so tired of being single. I'm just going to get married because I need someone in my life. I don't even know that's a bad way to go. I'm just tired of being alone. I'm just tired of being single. I'm just tired. I'm just going to, as soon as I can date, I'm going to try to marry some. We push our own agenda instead of stepping back and, okay, God, if this is where you have me, there's a reason. And so, God, I'm, if, you, if you allow, if you open doors for me to date people, I will do that. If you open a door for me to marry, I'll do that. But, Lord, if you keep me in the lane of singleness, I'm okay with that. You see, because being single is okay. And don't allow yourself to be pressured by single people. Don't raise your hand, but let me ask you this. Do you have any friends or family who's always trying to set you up? Hey, I got a, I got a guy you got to meet. I got this girl, man. She's just awesome. You got to go out with her. And you're like, why? Why do you keep trying to set me up? You know, maybe you're content. So don't, don't, don't feel the pressure of outside sources trying to push you to be married. Don't feel like you are incomplete if you are not married. Well, there must be something wrong with me. You know, I, I, everybody seems like, everybody says that married, marriage is the thing to be, and, and that's the goal. So maybe so I'm broke. No, you're not incomplete if you are single. You're just as complete as a married couple being single because God is the one designing this thing. Marriage is an institution by God. Guess what singleness is? It's still an institution by God. God doesn't look at, does, God doesn't look at married people with any more favor than he does a single person. It's all designed and operated by God. And so Paul is like, listen, 
Marriage is good. Harold, can you turn these fans on? Thank you, sir. Harold says, (laughs) Paul is saying... (laughs) Guys, I had had to say that before you knew where I was going. Paul is saying, being single, it's a good thing. And in fact, my next two points... Paul gives some, a couple of reasons why being single is a good thing. So here's the second point. Here's the fir- one of, really one of the first reasons why marriage or being single is a good thing. Here's the second way to make singleness um, work. Know that troubles are minimized if you are single. You notice all the married people start chuckling there. Okay. Paul is going to show us here that when you're single, it doesn't mean you don't have trouble. Everybody has troubles. We all go through trials. We all have problems. But being single, it's different. And look at what he writes. Look at verse 25. He says, Now concerning the betrothed, the betrothed were um, unmarried women, pretty, usually described as a virgin. But I believe you can use this in the context of just single people. All right. So Paul's saying now concerning the betrothed, I have no command from the Lord, but I give my judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Now, what does he mean by I don't have a command from the Lord? It's not like Paul's just writing this up out of his own mind. He's, what he's saying is like Jesus himself never taught to single people about this stuff. But he says, he goes, but as one who is trustworthy of the mercy of God, meaning I've been anointed by God. I've heard from the Spirit. And what Paul says here is no less authoritative. All right? And so he said, he's like, I'm still, I'm still authority in this thing. In verse 26, he says, I think that in view of the present distress. Okay, so there was something going on in this in, in this the area of Corinth at this time, it could have been a um, a financial crisis, maybe a famine, you know, inflation out of control. Um, It it could have been perhaps the persecution of the church. There was some stuff going on that the people in the church was feeling distress. Anybody in your life, you ever feel distress? All right. You got things going on in your life, single, married, it doesn't matter. I don't know about you, but the, the way that the economy is right now, we're feeling a little distress. All right. You're, you're feeling that. And so he's, he's talking about, man, there's things going on that the people are feeling it. All right. They're feeling the pain. They're going through the trials. So he says, I think in view of the present distress, here it is. It is good for a person to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be free. Are you free from a wife? Do not seek a wife. So he's like, are you married? Don't look to be unmarried. He says, stay where you are. Now, we may look at that and go, well, that's kind of weird to say. Is it? Think about this. Have you ever known someone who has left the marriage because it got too hard? Because of, like, the people, there are people who literally, because of, of trials or just things going on, the pressures of life, they're like, I'm done. I'm just out of here. And they will walk away from a family. They will file for divorce, move away, and get sometimes even remarried because they just think the present situation is just, I can't bear it anymore. And they walk away. Paul's like, don't do it. He's like, if you're married, 
in this distress, in this pain, in this trial, if you're married, stay married. Do not be getting a divorce. Stay married. But then he also says, if you're single, stay single. Now, why would he tell a single person to remain single? You know, you're going through some stress. Why, why, why is he saying, like, don't be looking to get married? Here it is. Now, I'm going to say this. Um, can I pick on any single people? Who's brave enough for me to pick on a single person? Anyone? Michael, way to go, buddy. He's like, he's like half. He's like, I don't know about this. Maybe, maybe not. Michael, let me ask you a question as a single person. Now, I'm going to say this. It's truth, but I'm going to say it politely because everybody is this. You are sinful and selfish. Do you believe that? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so he, he agreed. He shook his head. So let me, let me ask you. Um, if you get off of work and you decide, you know what? It's Friday. I'm going to go away for the weekend. Can you selfishly make any decision that you want to make? Yes. You're 18, right? 19? Okay, so you're, you're an adult, okay? I mean, I know you still live with your parents, but outside of that, if you had your own apartment and everything, living your own life, if after work on a Friday you said, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a flight, I'm going to go to the beach for the entire weekend, is there anyone who could stop you? No. Selfishly, you could just say, that's what I'm going to do. If you, if you, after work on, on, on a Tuesday, you and your friends were like, hey, let's, let's just go out to eat, and, and, you're, and you end up at your friend's house, and you're all hanging out, and you're watching a, you know, maybe, maybe a football game or something, you're just hanging out, and you decide to crash at your friend's house. Is there anyone going to get mad at you because you crashed at your friend's house? No, don't. I'm not talking about them. You're just living by yourself, man. You are just a single dude being a single dude doing what single dudes do. All right? If you want to crash at your friend's house as a single dude, is there anyone you got to explain to? No. Because you get to do it, right? You're just a single dude, and I'm going to live like a single dude, right? Selfishly, a single person gets to do whatever they want. Right? Yes or no? Let's just be real, gang. Yes, okay? As a single person, when I am going through trials and troubles, okay? Is it easier to go through a trial and a trouble? Let's say as a single person, I lose my job. Who else do I need to worry about? Nobody. So if I lose my job as a single person. It's stressful, right? It's not like, oh, I'm single, not a big deal. It's still stressful. But what if I got another job and now I can work whatever shift I want? I can work first, second, or third, and it doesn't matter. What if I decide, you know what? I can get a job out of state and make more money. Who do I need to ask? I just pack my stuff up because I'm selfish. It's all about me. And I just what? Go. I don't have to. Being single, I just get to go. And all I'm concerned about is myself. So when I'm going through a trial as a single person, all I've got to be concerned with is making sure I am taking care of who? Me. 
making sure I have food to eat, make sure I'm making my money, making sure I'm able to pay my bills, making sure I have a place to live. I am taking care of self. But that changes when you get married. Because when you get married, and all of a sudden, you lose your job, it changes your outlook for everything. Because it's not just about you. Because if, 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 as a husband, you lost your job, you're not just coming home going, honey, I'm moving out. I'm moving. I'm going to get you. You're like, no, you can't just look out for self. Now you got to look out for self, wife, and kids. Same with the wife. If she loses her job, she's like, I, I'm just, I'm just going to move out of state and do it. Do it. No. It's a package deal now. It is, you're, you're stressed about everybody. So being single, if I'm going life, if I'm distressed, I just got to worry about self. But when I'm married, it's me, my spouse, and kids if, I have, if we have them. Because now... We got to look out for each other. Now, all of a sudden, the, the problems, the stress isn't just me. It's me and my wife. It's me and my... Everybody is stressed. Everybody agree with that? You see, being single, being married. That's why Paul's like, listen, if you're, if you're single and you're going through problems, stay there. Paul's looking at this for, as a single man. I think Paul actually probably saw a lot of married couples. And that's why he's able to, like through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is writing this stuff because he's like looks at himself as a single person. And he's like, man, I've gone through some single, I've gone through some distress in my life, but it hasn't affected anybody else. I've just been able to take care of myself and press on. But he's looking at married people and going, wow, that changes. Bob, he loses his job. Something happens to Bob. Now he's got to take, Bob's got to be concerned with Martha and the two little kids. It's a whole different dynamic. So single people, listen, when you're, go, when you're as a single person and the inflation skyrockets and, and you're going through the stress of life, all you've got to do is take care of yourself. And you just got to make sure self is cared for. So that's some issues that Paul talks about. But, but he continues on because he, 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 he like furthers into the, the, the reality of married life. Because if you look at verse 28, he says, but if you do marry, so he's like, okay, single people, if you do marry, he goes, here's what you're going to have to understand. He says, you have not sinned. Now, I find that interesting. This must have been a question somebody asked. Paul, I just got to ask, if you marry, are you sinning? He's like, what in the world are you talking about? No, you have not sinned if you marry. He says, and if the betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned, but here it is. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles. He goes, and I want to spare you from that. Now, he's already just talked about troubles, distress of life. What other troubles is he talking about? Now, remember, I asked Michael, was he sinful and selfish? And he said, yes. Anybody else in here, by a show of hands, are you sinful and selfish? Raise your hands. We all are. The Bible tells us that. So here's what happens. When I'm single, I can be sinful and selfish all day long. And I can do what I want, live how I want, go where I want, 
watch television if I want. If I don't want to clean up my apartment, I'm not going to clean up my apartment. If I don't want to wash dishes for three and a half weeks, guess what I'm not going to do as a single person? Wash my dishes for three and a half weeks. If I want to stay up all night and watch horror movies, I'm going to stay up all night and watch horror movies. I can do that as a single person. But what happens when you take a sinful, selfish woman, a sinful, selfish man, and you bring them together? Here's what happens. You have a marriage made in heaven. You have two people who have never, never have any more problems. You have two people who agree on everything. You have two people who look at each other all the time and go, you're the best thing that ever happened in my life. Yes or no? No. That's not happening. Because you take two sinful, selfish people and you bring them together. Guess what's bound to happen? Problems, troubles, arguments. Okay? Because... Um, when I, this is me personally, I just can't sit down on the couch and flip on and binge watch all of my Arnold Schwarzenegger movies with Paula sitting next to me without at least asking her because she'll look at me and I think she'll be like, are you kidding? We've got to watch these. Why? Because to her, it's dumb. So as a husband... One of the first things, if I love my wife enough, if I'm going to watch something on television, what am I going to do? Ask her, what would you like to watch? As a single person, if I'm asking no one there, what do you want to watch? You have a bigger problem than just being single. Or if you're arguing with yourself, you have a bigger problem than just being single. As a single person, you can watch whatever is on that television in your apartment by yourself, and you don't have to ask anybody. You can eat whatever you want. If you want to eat pizza for lunch, for supper, every single day for the next three months, guess what? You are free to do. If I told Paula, hey, for lunch, guess what we're going to have? Pizza. And I came home, and she said, okay, that'd be work. If I came home for supper, say, guess what we're going to have for supper? Pizza. She might be like, well, all right, get it. Next day, if I said, hey, guess what we're having for lunch? Pizza. About then, she'd be like, no. Because she'll say this to me, like, on a Monday night, we'll have pizza. On the Tuesday night, I'm like, man, you know what sounds good? Pizza. She's like, we just had it last night. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, who cares? But you see the dialogue. See, when you're single, you don't have to worry about that. But when you get married, the landscape changes. Because if you want to be selfish in a marriage, is marriage going to go well? No. If you want to only look out for yourself, if you only want to do what, what pleases you, if you never look out for your spouse or take care of your spouse, your marriage is going to have troubles all day long. Not as a single person. Doesn't mean you won't have problems, but they'll be minimized. 
Because the only person you have to look out for when you're single, Paul is saying, is yourself. If the economy is going hard and, and, and you lose your job, so by yourself, you can just go and do what you need to do. Self, when you're in your apartment, you're at work, whatever you want to do, you're, it's just about you. But the moment you get married, Paul says, oh, by the way, trouble's coming. Bank on it. And he's like, I would like to spare you from that. I find it interesting that Paul says that. He's like, I have, because Paul has, got to remember, he was a traveling preacher. And he traveled all over Europe and Greece and Rome. And he planted churches and he talked to probably thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And he saw marriages in all kinds of situations. And he finally, when it comes to writing scripture, he's writing to these single people. And he's like, listen, if you want to get married, that's okay. You're not going to sin. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you get married... Problems are coming. And boy, I would love to spare you from that. So here's my advice. Don't get married. That's what he's really saying. Because he doesn't want you as a believer in Christ to have undue pressure on you if you don't need it. But again, he's not saying marriage is bad or don't do it. He's just giving the best, his best advice. And his best advice is this. The best thing you can do as probably lost everything up there, didn't we? Okay. See, that happened. So if you were watching like last week, if you were watching, that happened last week. We lost power everywhere, all the towns. So we lost everything. So hopefully we can. And then when you have Facebook live up and Lauren, let me know and I'll say hi to everybody and let them know what just happened. And so, so Paul is saying that that being single is a good thing. Marriage isn't wrong. It's not bad. There's nothing wrong with that. He's, but Paul's like, he's basically saying, but if you got to choose between the two, stay single. Because it's a good thing. And, and, and your troubles are going to be minimized. But here's the second reason why he believes that, that marriage um, is a, is, or, or being single is a good thing. And it's this. And here's how you can make singleness work. You need to know that your devotion isn't divided if you're single. Your devotion isn't divided if you're single. Look at verse 32. He says, I want you to be free from anxieties. Now that word, the NIV says free from concern. And uh, the New King James says to be without care. The idea is, the real meaning it means, to be pulled in different directions. And so, I, again, I find it interesting. He goes, I want you to be free from anxiety. So kind of think about that. All right? He says this. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. And his interests are divided. The unmarried and the betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord and how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, 
how to please her husband. The relief of the anxieties, he's saying, is like single people. And I love Paul's thinking here. He's so fired up about Jesus that he just thinks everybody else is too. He's like, if you're single, wow, you, get, you can be really fired up for the Lord. He's like, when you're single, man, you can just serve the Lord all day long. You can go everywhere. You can do everything. And Jesus, man, he's your number one priority. And you can just go crazy for Jesus. That's what Paul's saying to a single person. And he's like, you have no one else going to be like, um, you, you know you're just like a little too much in the church today. But he says, um, but the married man, his devotion is divided. He, he wants to serve the Lord, but he also has a wife, and he can't do both. And here's what I mean. And he says that about the wife also. The wife has a husband, and she can serve the Lord, but her concern's also about her husband. So let me, let me put this into practical. J.R., you got three little kids. They're all playing sports, right? Or will, okay? So... You have a soccer match on Saturday morning. And I want you to be very truthful on here. Don't be simple. Don't know. I got to say what Pastor Jim wants me to say. Be very truthful here. I'm not going to dock you any points or anything. You got a soccer match on Saturday morning, and we're going to have a work day on Saturday morning. Are you coming? Probably not. Why not? Be honest, because I have kids and I'm going to go to the soccer match. I'd, I'd say that too. Why? Because my loyalty is divided. Paul says it. He knows it. He saw it in practice. He saw, hey, you know what? Because when, when he was doing ministry, he had Barnabas with him, a single guy. Timothy was his next, next cohort, and he was this young single guy who became a pastor. And he's like, man, these are, these are my dudes right here. He understood that married people can serve the Lord, but they're, they're gonna be, they're, the loyalty is going to be divided. I remember we've had work days in this church where guys are coming all the time. And, and like, for example the kids stuff that took a couple months to do and we had work days all the time and I remember some of the ladies in here coming to me and going don't have a work day on this Saturday because I'm not seeing my husband on Saturdays why would they say that because our loyalties are divided it just happens I, I love the Lord and I can serve the Lord but the reality is I've got to be home with my wife. I've got to be home with my husband. I've got a family. And so I am going to be divided. But as a single person, and this is, this is to Paul, man. He's like, he's looking at single people and like, you can just dive headfirst in the deep end of Jesus' pool. And you can be like doing everything and anything for Jesus. Now, I know Paul was probably to the 10th degree extreme. Like Paul was just all about Jesus all the time. Okay, That was Paul's life. But the reality is, a single person, I don't think you're going to be 100% Jesus all the time, all right? I had, I had a, a single person in here today even tell me, I was not going to come today. And they can make that decision, okay? But they're here today. 
But the reality is, as a single person, in Paul's thinking, your loyalty is not divided between a wife and Jesus. Your loyalty is 100% in Jesus' camp. The only thing that divides your loyalty is your personal choices. If you want to come to a work day, man, if, if we had a work day in this church five days a week for the next six months, and if you wanted to come, you could come every night and not have to worry about someone calling you up going, hey, what time are you going to be coming home? If you wanted to go on a mission trip every single month, a week-long mission trip for, a sing- for every month for the next year, you could do that as a single person. A married person? Probably not. You're not telling your spouse, hey, I'm going to go on a mission trip for one or two weeks um, every month for the next year. They would look at you and like, really? That's not working. Can't do it. But as a single person, if you wanted to do that, you are free to do it. You could quit your job and just go. Do whatever you want. I'm just preaching scripture. Single people, you see what you got to deal with right there. If I was single, I'd never had that, that little, little remark. See? But the reality is, Paul is saying, look, he's just saying, if you're single, don't think you're, something's wrong. If you're single, don't think you're incomplete. If you're single, don't think you're less than anybody married. He's like, if you're single, you are in good company. And here's the reality. And here's where if you're single, you've got to be able to, to really ask your, answer this question. If God so... If he so chooses, if this is his thing, and I remain single for the next 10 years, am I okay with that? If I remain single for the rest of my life, mm, am I okay with that? Some of you are widows and widowers. If God puts you on the path of saying, you will be single for the rest. Are you okay with that? You see, that's why it's always to what no matter like Paul says, no matter where you are, married, single, it doesn't matter. As long as you're in the vein of God in this thing, can you remain where you're at? And so if you're single and you're in your 20s, don't be so concerned that, man, I got to be married by the time I'm 30 if something's wrong or well, now I'm in my 30s. I got to be married before I'm 35. And now I'm in my 40s. Man, I got to be married. I got to get married. No. Whether you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 50s, your 60s, it doesn't matter. If you are single, know that it is, it's still a gift from God. It's a calling from God. And it is good. The only question you've got to answer is, can you be able to say, Lord, it's your will. And if this is where you will me and you want me, I'm okay with it. And you just keep moving forward and you keep working for the Lord. You keep doing for the Lord. And if God wants you in that, 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 that covenant of marriage, he will make it happen. Amen? Amen? Well, single people, I hope that spoke to you because I know it spoke to me. I hope it spoke to you married people. I think it's a good thing. Next week, we're going to be back in the book of John, diving into that. So why don't we stand and let's close in a word of prayer. I'll just close this out. How about that? Well, Father, we thank you. We just praise you and give you all the glory. 
And uh, Father, we have a mixed uh, crowd in here today. We have married people. We have single people. And Lord, over the last few weeks, we have looked at the, the blessing of marriage. We have looked at how to make marriage work. And I just pray, Lord, all of us who are married, we would take those principles and apply them that our marriages can be good, strong, healthy, and we're making them work. But Lord, I pray today that this word has been very instructional and very alive, and it is working in the hearts of every single person here today. I pray that every single person here today would understand that they, they're in good company and that, that Lord, being single, it, it almost goes contrary to just our culture that being single is good. It's okay. And help them to, to grasp that. Help them to, to see that they are in good company with you, with, with, with Christ and with Paul. And help them to know, Lord, that, that God, as they go through life as a single person, Lord, they're not going to have to deal with some of the stuff that married people do. And Lord, I just pray that you will bless our singles and help them be connected with one another. Help them to be connected with even married people, Lord. Lord, we're all a family here. Married, single, it doesn't matter. We want, to, we want this bit, place to be a family of Christ and where we all feel like we are loved no matter what, what position of life we're in. And so, Father, we just continue to pray your blessing over us. Go before us as we leave this place, Lord. And, uh, Lord, help us to be the light in a dark world. And we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Harvest, you all are loved today. Have a blessed week. We will see you next Sunday.